Okay, I'm recording now. Hold on, I gotta catch my breath here. Music video land. My name is Adam Fairholm, and uh, welcome to another episode of the Filmed Insert Music Video Podcast. I also have Doug here. Hey, how you doing, Doug? Super good. It is uh, now. Doug is in the great state of Florida, which is currently going through a primary. So, uh, what's it like down there, Doug? With uh, all the ads and all the uh, you know, the eyes yeah, of the nation I- are on Florida. When the eyes of the nation are on Florida, usually doesn't turn out so hot yeah yeah i don't uh i don't really embrace the uh way that elections have made florida look in recent history uh currently uh every time i try to watch a youtube video i have to see like newt gingrich's face or uh maybe ron paul um so that's been fun just have to look like sit through that before any any video I watch. I'm not talking about um, just elections though. I mean, God, Florida is home to. I mean, the whole Elian Gonzalez thing, Terry Schiavo. Oh, oh uh, man, the, the vote that stuff. I embrace that stuff. <laughs> I to- I fully embrace Elian Gonzalez. I miss Elian. It was nicer when he was around. You miss you miss him. Be- <laughs> You wish he was back? I wonder what he's up to. I don't know. Uh, Doug, over the uh, weekend, you sent me a link to a new music video that just came out that got a little bit of news, so maybe we we can talk about it a little bit. It is the Nicki Minaj Stupid Ho video. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I think, I, think, I think something interesting about this video, and it might be what you're about to say, uh, is that people seem to hate it. Really? I mean, all... I mean, I read I mean, reading comments. Gotta, on, excuse me, on the Huffington Post, and people usually hate things on the Huffington Post. But it's always fun when a music video makes it to the Huffington Post. And and why why did people hate it so much? I don't know, but it's got like overwhelmingly more negative votes than positive votes on YouTube. Well, it's directed which by Hype really, Williams, which um, is really unusual, though, right, for Nicki Minaj. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Um, and you read through the comments, and everything is negative. It's like hmm. fail, <laughs> STFU. Too long, didn't read things like that. TLDR. Well, it's got the sort of hype Williams trademarks, right? It's got the loud colors, um, just uh, not just loud colors, but very Nick- solid color backgrounds. Um, it's a Nicki Minaj uh, thing too, isn't it? The colors. It is a little bit, but look at you know some of the other things that Hype Williams has directed. As I look at it by clicking his name on the site, and um, oh, yeah, like Gold Digger, you know, with it with the solid color background. Um, yeah. He's he, yeah, that's one of the things that he enjoys doing. I, I it seems like a perfect pair too, because I feel like Hype Williams is the type of director that can ask Nicki, Nicki Minaj to do things, um, and she'd you know probably you know be more willing and. They they have similar styles and a lot of their looks. I uh, you know it's weird. I don't know. I don't know why people hate it though. Well, 
if you haven't seen this video, Nikki, the, the sort different tableaus as a lot of videos do, um, and I guess the one that everybody's pulling screenshots from is the one where she is in a yellow cage on all fours. And Doug, ten bucks if you can uh, tell me what other music video that that is. I take as to be paying homage to. You're not gonna bet me bet me ten thousand dollars like Mitt Romney. No, no. Um, Just ten bucks. I'm gonna go proportional to Mitt Romney versus my income and go ten dollars. <laughs> I I think you should go about like you should go like ten cents. Might be a little, might be a little nearer. Is a word. Um, Twenty one mil in 2010. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what 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 video? You're not getting out of the question. Uh, I'm. Uh, can't decide if I want to take a serious guess or just say something ridiculous that clearly isn't it. Well, I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell save you. me for save me from that. I believe it is Shakira's She Wolf video, and I'm not saying that because she's in just in a cage. There are many mm-hmm. music videos where women are in cages. Um, I'm saying that because Nicki Minaj does an extremely similar dance move on all fours, and it's the one where she. Um, is on all fours, but her legs are kind of crossed together, and uh, she does this sort of, um, I don't know, I'll have to, I'll, I'll link to, you know, in the show notes, I'll link to the clip and the exact time that it happens, because it's, it's very difficult to describe dance move, but um, I, I believe it is a, a definite direct homage to that. As difficult as it is to describe dancing, it is even more difficult for Adam to describe dancing. Um as I am me. confined to uh, confined to a wheelchair, <laughs> right for most of his life. Uh, but anyway, um, it's, it was an, inter- tra- it's an interesting video. To... I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was just gonna weird. say I, I've got no like like uh, it's interesting. I think it it highlights all of the things that you'd want to highlight if you were making a Nicki Minaj video, such as her it, her well, behind area. Well, and and her personality. I mean, it definitely comes through. You know, it's hard not to. She's got a really big personality, and that's not a double entendre. Mm-hmm. She does a- actually have a big personality, and it and it, you know, that comes through. And uh, I don't know why it's um, it's 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 regarded poorly. Uh, but one interesting thing about Hype Williams is um, he's on this list that I'm looking at that you sent my way uh yes that would be a very interesting list the list of the most expensive music videos ever made which happens to be the topic that we're talking about today and hype williams is on this list several times he is along with many other names that you uh, might mention but um hype williams is on it is on it three times for what what is this the top 20 here or something uh i believe this is the top 50 uh, or maybe not. No, this isn't. It's not it. numbered. It was, this comes way no, of Wikipedia, um, yeah. and so I thought, yeah, you know, excuse me. <laughs> uh, we thought it'd be interesting to talk about high. <clears throat> we thought it'd be interesting to talk about high budget music videos, uh, since our interview for today, Jonathan Delgado, was an editor on one of the top music video, um, the seventh most uh, expensive music video, that is Puff Daddy's Victory uh, music video, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the the interview. Um, But I thought it was a good opportunity. We wanted to talk about this topic for a a little while. And so, you know, in the show notes, check out this link of the most expensive music video was ever made. And Doug, what what would you pick out as a sort of 
trend or defining uh, link between all of these music videos? Uh, uh, other than they're all pop artists, I don't know. I I I don't I I don't see a list. I mean, you see a lot of names over and over again. Right, but I guess what I was what I was looking at mainly was the dates. Oh yes, that's a great point. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, starting in America, none of these big budget music videos have uh, been made since uh, 2007. Right. And uh, and in general, at all, none have been made since early 2010, or no, late 2010. Um. Um. But 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 none none uh, domestically for a very long time. Right. I guess we should mention. I guess I forgot to mention some of the top music videos right here, and I yes, think it's that- pretty common knowledge that the number one music video is Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson's Scream music video directed by Mark Romanek, who is a very, obviously very famous uh, music video director. Um, and that cost $7 million uh, when it was made in 1995 and adjusted for um, inflation. That's $10.3 million, which is all, I mean, a large amount of, uh, amount of money for a music video, uh, but really... Not that a lot, uh, large music video, a budget for maybe let's say a Hollywood film or something like that. Right. But you can, which this is which this is uh, you know about half a percent or uh, in length. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I guess so. See some of the art, our artists. Let's talk about the top five. The next three are actually from Madonna. Die Another Day, uh, Express Yourself, Bedtime Story. Number four is Guns N' Roses, Estranged. Um, and then, and then those those are the top five. Uh, and you know, one of the other striking things is the the number of recognizable names on this. Uh, not just recognizable names for music videos, but for feature films. We've got David Fincher, uh, who directed uh, f- films such as The Curious Case of Benjamin Button and uh, The Social Network. Uh, we have Hype Williams, of course, Mark Romanek, of course. But we also have Martin Scorsese who uh, you may remember directed the music video for Bad, uh, which is on the list. Um, and you also have right. John Landis, which was kind of a, a, a interesting one for me. Who? What about uh, – uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, go gonna, ahead. I was going to say Brett Ratner, uh, the Mariah Carey Heartbreaker video. Right. Uh, who's Brett Ratner again? I, f- I forget. Um, oh, he, he, he did the um, – He's the guy who was supposed to direct the Oscars this year, right? And, and, and did the whole yeah, what did yeah he did he like say? Tower Tower Heist and and the Rush Hour movies and stuff like he's that. He's the one who said he had sex with Olivia Wilde, not with um the girl the from guy. Attack of the Show. He's from down here. He's from Miami. Of course he is. Uh, I don't know what that means, but uh, <laughs> uh, um, oh, Olivia Munn. He said he had sex with Olivia Munn. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, then he said some some like like. Like Gaisler or something that that made it so he dropped out from ho- uh, directing the Oscars. Right, and then they got some Broadway producers or something like that to do that, which they usually do. Um, but anyway, he directed the Heartbreaker video. That's right, uh, Mariah Carey's Heartbreaker video. Uh, so the other thing you'll notice is that in the top at least fifteen, there are very very few. Uh, foreign uh, music videos at all. Uh, the, my pick of the week from last week. My name's Woman. Is directed by uh, 
is by Ayumi Hamasaki, directed by Watsuru Takashishi. Takaishi uh, is the first foreign, or I guess Aqua cartoon heroes could technically be the foreign, but we're talking about sort of Europe and America outside of um, uh, Europe and America is the first one to appear on that list. And she actually has a few of them on this list. Uh, she has, by my count, five. But most of them are uh, just um, American artists. Um, and uh, and most of them are from the late 80s or the 1990s. So another thing that might be interesting to mention is some really weird videos that you might never expect to be on this list that are on this list. Um, my favorite probably is the Will Smith Miami, which is, looks like it's about the 12th, 12th most expensive video at all time, directed by Wayne Isham. December 1998 and the budget was two million dollars that was I can't fathom how that where where video. that money went exactly if you've ever seen this video it's not a complicated video like Will Smith like made them pay him scale <laughs> for that and that was like at the peak of his career it's like listen yeah let's do my music video but listen you guys got to pay me a million dollars right it's like what oh, all right I do a horrible Will Smith uh, by the way, my Will Smith sounds just like my Duran Duran. Yeah, that is not a good. We got to work. <laughs> Which on is that. another one that's a little surprising. The Duran Duran Wild Boys video. That's right. That also makes a list. Not surprising that uh, Michael Jackson has several videos on this, including uh, Thriller is actually towards the bottom. Um, it looks like it's about around the twentieth uh, most expensive music video of all time. Um, his uh, videos for Remember the Time, Black or White, and Bad all. Are above that, um, so I I guess you know that this might be a good opportunity to talk about uh, the music video that um, the editor editor of which we have as a guest on the podcast today, and that is a Puff Daddy Victory music video directed by Marcus Nispel, and uh, that is from 1998. Now, Doug, you and I are both in our late 20s, and we were talking earlier about how much we remember when we started watching this music video again, um, of how kind of iconic for the late 90s this music video was. This was, I mean, this was a really fantastic music video. Definitely. It, I, I actually remember, excuse me, I remember, uh, I think, watching the premiere on MTV. Um, mm -hmm. Puff Daddy did a, had a lot of premieres. I remember the premiere of this one and the premiere of the Come With Me music video that oh, went no. with the Godzilla soundtrack. <laughs> and I won't go down any further roads with that song now, uh, for I, right I, now. But but one thing I will say about the Victory video. As, wait, wait, hold on. Uh, I want to say one, one thing about the Come With Me video is that, okay. interesting fact, for uh, a few weeks before they finished the video, they they were using this his Saturday Night Live performance as the actual video. Um, and used to see Carson Daly say they're not done with the video yet, but here's this that aren't live performance because it was always on their top ten. Anyway, I just want to throw that in there. Um, go on about Victory, please. Well, one point that I will make about Victory is almost unlike any other video on this page uh, is that 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 looks like it costs what they say it costs. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it really reflects the cost. I mean, you look at that, like knowing what you can do with effects and stuff now that michael jackson and janet jackson video to spend 10 million dollars on that video the equivalent of 10 million dollars on that video just seems outrageous like i feel like you could do that a lot easier 
today. I mean, it would still probably be relatively expensive, but not $10 million. But this, but the Puff Daddy video, um, and this is, it's appropriate to call him Puff Daddy because that was his name when he made this song. Right. Uh, but that, that video, it looks like it was worth the cost. I mean, it was a big production. I mean, there were multiple locations with helicopters and like car chases and uh they used to really do it big back then in the rap videos puff daddy and biggie smalls with their with the car chases and music videos you're right i mean it's really incredible actually that they made it for the equivalent uh, i mean for two million seven hundred thousand dollars in 1998 dollars and adjusted for inflation uh 3.7 million dollars now it's really incredible because, uh, I mean, there are some really big-name actors in this, such as Danny DeVito. Um, and I'm trying to find the page. Hold on. Dennis, Ho- Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper, right, uh, who plays a bad guy in it. Um, Buster Rhymes, of course, since he appears in the song. And then Nefort- Notorious B.I.G. Uh, makes a posthumous appearance as a ghostly figure. Um was he dead at this time? I guess he was, right? Yeah, he, well, I mean, not obviously not during the recording of the song. Right. But uh, he was dead in uh, when the video came out, yeah. So the plot of this video re- revolves around sort of its po- uh, post-apocalyptic uh, world. Kind of reminds me of the 90s live-action movie of the Mar- Super Mario Brothers uh, with John Languizamo. And yeah, it, it really does, <laughs> now that you mention that. Which which I think they're, I think they're both kind of like... Uh, supposed to be like running man remakes right right or uh uh blade runner remakes right and so i have not seen either of those movies so i don't know it's definitely not running man blade runner uh there yeah uh it's definitely supposed to be blade runner and and i don't know if i don't know if super mario brothers is trying to do that but they definitely do well have you did you ever see the super mario brothers video or a movie film yeah, of course. Um, with the just, guys with the little heads. Yeah, it's just one of those things that you remember from the '90s that when you when you remember it, you think how screwed our generation is because that's what they were showing us as as children. That was a, a video. A, a, can you imagine them releasing something like that now? Oh, a, a movie based on a video game with like some like a post-apocalyptic like Blade Runner uh, film yeah in a in a, in a game that had that that seemingly had nothing to do with that and I uh, I really want to hear the story behind the uh, development of that film but back to yeah Puff Daddy and the uh, Puff Daddy victory um, it appears to be some sort of game where Puff Daddy is running. It's a little hard to follow. Although Danny DeVito, as a reporter in a helicopter, does his best to narrate what's going on at certain parts. Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito is is in a in a helicopter. It's funny. It's funny to watch him in that, and then immediately go to Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Did he do anything from? Oh, oh, now because I'm sure he right. did a few things between 1998. Oh no, but and, what I mean is to just watch the contrast. Right. Well, Danny DeVito used to be an actual actor that people respected. I think I'm not sure. Yeah, that's what it, that's what initially made his character on Sunny. Like, people were like, "Oh, I can't believe he's doing this stuff," and now he's just gone so off the edge. So, Which other than did. the Vi- Puff Daddy Victory video, favorite Danny DeVito film role? 
I guess. Uh, You've never seen a movie with Danny DeVito. No, no, I just don't have one that's a favorite. I guess Throw Mama from the Train. Uh, I have never seen that, but I would say Batman Returns. The yeah, Penguin. it's a little on the nose, Adam. So we've been talking about some of the highest music video budget music videos of all time, talking about the '90s because that's sort of the period you have to talk about when you're talking about these types of videos. Um, and as a guest on the podcast today, we have someone who has uh, worked in the 1990s world of music videos and also has been working in the modern world of music videos, and that is uh, Mr. Jonathan Delgado, who uh, worked for MTV back in the day um, for some of their first uh, uh, non-music video programming, such as the real world, I don't know if you remember House of Style, um, and MTV Sports. Um, And he was also an editor on, as we previously mentioned, on Puff Daddy and the Family's Victory Music video. and then in more towards uh, present day, uh, uh, Jonathan Delgado has been an editor on several music videos, including Snow Patrol's Chasing Cars um, and Bush's Greedy Fly music videos, which are both great videos. And also has directed two music videos, both for Matt and Kim, who are great, uh, Cameras and Block After Block, uh, which I highly recommend you check out uh, before the, the video. Those are two really fantastic music videos. So uh, here we go. It's our interview with uh, Jonathan Delgado. My name is Jonathan Delgado. I'm a uh, uh, director and uh, editor of uh, music videos and uh, branded content and TV commercials. And uh, that's pretty much what I do. Now you got you got your start. You mentioned in on the first wave of you know TV shows from MTV. You know you list the Real World, House of Style, MTV Sports, all shows that Doug and I definitely remember um, from back in the day in MTV. And that's something we talk a lot about. You know a lot on the podcast and the site is sort of that. Um, I guess you could call it a golden age of MTV uh, back then. So I was wondering, you know, what was it? like at MTV back in those days when they were actually still showing music videos? Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't work directly for MTV. I was always contracted by MTV. Uh, I have a lot of friends at MTV and, uh, I don't know how to tell you what it was like other than to say it was a, it was a shitload of fun. I mean, we, uh, we were really just given free reign to do, uh, pretty much anything that was fun and funny and smart and, uh, and, uh, you know, we weren't looked at so carefully through a microscope. And what'd you do for the real world and house of style? Uh, well, at that point I was, um, just coming up as an editor and I worked on, uh, all those shows and MTV sports as well in different capacities as an editor. Sometimes you edited, the uh, sequences for a show. Sometimes you put the whole show together. I mean, in those days, it was real crash and burn, and no one knew if any of that stuff was going to work. Uh, they didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have a lot of budget. Uh, and, um, you know, everyone just threw their hands in and put stuff together, and it worked. You know, we, we found out it worked pretty quick and uh, had a lot of fun 
doing it. And then quickly, very cool, kind of notable people were glomming on, and then uh, it just took off. Now, you you started working there, uh, and then you made a move to music videos and commercials. How, how did you make that move? Um, I actually started in TV commercials in New York um, in the late 80s uh, and decided I didn't like them uh, and got out of it and went to go work uh, for a real famous editor who had been doing some uh, work for Pee Wee Herman, the Pee Wee Herman show, and uh, a lot of great videos for the B-52s and uh, Gary Newman and early stuff like that. And got a job working for this guy uh, whose name was Joe Castellano, wonderful, wonderful, talented editor, and kind of came up through him and did that for a while. And uh, lo and behold, a few years later, after having success, the commercial people came calling me back and uh, it's hard to resist that phone call because it comes with a lot of dollar signs. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, one of the music videos that you were involved in as an editor, uh, you know, is the seventh highest biggest budget music video of all time, the Puff Daddy and the Family uh, Victory music video, which I think, you know, Doug and I are in our late 20s. We, you know, we, we, when we rewatched that video, you know, we totally remember every single scene uh, every single scene from it. It's a really kind of iconic and, and landmark video. Um, and it kind of comes from a, a different time when they were, you know, much larger uh, budgets on videos. How did you, how'd you get involved with that, that project? And, and, and what was that process like since it was such a large budget to music video for the time? At that time, I was editing most of the videos for a fellow named Marcus Nispel, who is uh, and for me, in the world of music videos and the truly great music video directors, he would undoubtedly be on the very top of that list with a few other people. And we were rolling from one video to another video in those days. And truthfully, the Puff Daddy video was a big budget, but it wasn't the biggest one we ever did. Uh, amongst that list, we did... At one time, there was a Robert Leach episode of the most expensive videos ever made, and I think we had... But the Puff Daddy video was... Uh, was really interesting because of many reasons. Probably the biggest reason is in the middle of post-production of that video is when Biggie got shot. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were at the party, at the Vibe party, that night when it happened. And the, the funny thing is, is we had gotten in a car, me and another fellow, to drive to the set where Marcus was filming the uh, Bush video, Bush Greedy Fly. Uh, we went back to back on those two, and uh, that was the night Biggie got shot. And uh, I think the next morning in the edit room, Puffs and all his people came. And uh, I mean, not the next morning; it might have been a few days later, but shortly thereafter, they came and and uh, wanted us to put Biggie in the video, which didn't happen. But uh, it, it was a, it was a, it was an incredible video. It was a huge video. It was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, you know, we edited on two coasts over weeks and weeks and weeks, and you know, you saw the work. I mean, there's not much more to say about it other than it was a lot of fun, big budget. Now, you, Vicky is he sort of appears, kind of fades in and and out in in different portions of that. Was was the original plan to put him actually film him for the video, and that was scrapped once he once he was shot, or was that was that was he was sort of added after? 
added after. There was mm-hmm. no intent to put Biggie in it. I mean, that was really meant to be Puff's first really big song. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, Puff, that was, uh, you know, Puff was a producer at that point. He didn't have his own uh, music career yet. That's part of the reason why that video had such a big budget. And you talk about, you know, how this video came along and it was through, you know, your relationship and working with um, the director. And, um, you know, a lot of the other directors that we've interviewed nowadays seem to have, you know, a lot of times they'll have a, a more of a direct relationship with the artist. You find that that's something that's true, that there's been a difference between then having, you know, relationships with more relationships with directors and today more with artists. Or is it, you know, something that that you know, the, the work that you come, the work that you have comes more naturally. I, I, I think it's changed quite a bit. I mean, I don't know about, uh, you mean how it comes naturally, you mean by how the projects get assigned? Yeah, yeah, how the projects come to you and, and, and how, you, how you find yourself working on them. Nowadays, it's really just by, um, you're, you're right, a lot of the younger video directors I know <clears throat> are friends of the band in some way or friends of someone else in the band and build their careers in that way. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great way to work. Uh, it really cuts to the chase of how you make a great music video. But back earlier in the, in the nineties when videos had really big budgets and, and MTV were still playing, <clears throat> um, it was different. The video commissioners at the record label assigned, who got to do the videos. It was very, very unusual that the, the crew making the video knew the artist. We would only know the artist if it was the second or third video we had done for them, which happened quite a bit. Now for the, the Victory video, what was the sort of editing workflow that you guys went through? Was it more of a um, like a feature film workflow where you'd get bit by bit and you'd piece things together or... You know, nowadays usually they'll they'll you know do the shoot and then and then edit everything afterwards. Um, and what was the workflow like on that video? Actually, they did. Marcus shot the whole thing at once. Okay. Uh, over the course of uh, gosh, I don't remember how many days that was—three or four days. But uh, he shot it all at once, so we didn't work in an assembly daily's way like a film would. But the video was very much like a film in that. Uh, the narrative was very specific and the video was laid out very specifically in terms of story. I mean, it really was a feature and I think Marcus really did it that way on purpose. So we did cut it scene by scene. Um, You know, any good video I I put together as a director or an editor, first and foremost, to find the most appealing performance from the band and then stitch together story based upon what you learn from that. And we did that on that video, but that video really had a narrative. So we, we did cut it like a film. You know, I, I, I did approach it scene by scene and then work that material into the video as a whole. And was that, was that uh, did you work from a script? Storyboards. Mm-hmm. I don't think he didn't write a script per se. It was a, we just kind of drew the whole video. I think, I think videos are really a visual medium. I think they work best that way, not with scripts. Mm-hmm. Now, fast forwarding a few years to, uh, you know, we, we definitely wanted to talk about the two Matt and Kim videos that you directed were both, you know, they're both really fantastic videos. Um, and you mentioned the band's performance in them. Uh, you know, Matt and Kim definitely have, you know, give really interesting and really great performances in both those videos. How did you get in contact with them 
initially? Uh, it was through a producer. I didn't really know them. <clears throat> it was just through a producer who kind of put us together. Uh, I had been doing a lot of feature film work on uh, kind of big action films, and they wanted to do that uh, fighting video. It was Matt's idea. Matt's a real auteur. He, he really he really uh, has a vision for, for the band, for him and Kim. And uh, they approached me because they knew I had know-how to do it and the, the music video background uh, and could do it within their budget point, which wasn't as high as it should have been for what we did. And what was that, uh, you know, there's a great behind-the-scenes music video where, I mean, it kind of looks like the behind-the-scenes of 300 when they're when they're training. You know, you well, guys we really trained same, for that. How, how did that process go? Well, as a matter of fact, we used the same fight coordinators from 300. Uh, oh, really? Uh, great, yeah, great great guys who uh, I've worked with on uh, a number of uh, feature films. And uh, they were really top-notch fight coordinators who, uh, you know, were, they were just great, fun guys who... Who I called them up and I said, "Listen, I know this is this isn't the kind of money you're used to working for, but you want to do a really cool, fun video for really <laughs> nice people from Brooklyn." And you know, Freddie, Freddie was like, "Hell yeah, why not?" And uh, uh, you know, it. You mentioned that they came to you with the idea, and um, you know, you, and that you kind of already had a, you know, fight coordinator in 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 your head that you could have worked with. But was there ever a concern that, you know? Because it's it's tough to sometimes get you know pop artists or or any kind of artists to be able to pull off acting performances at all. Was there ever a concern that they weren't going to be able to pull off these these kind of very you know crazy fight sequences, uh, knowing that they weren't you know necessarily classically trained actors? Nah, not for a minute. Before I actually assigned, before I decided to do it, I went and looked at their videos, particularly the. Uh, Okay, what was the name of it? Um, Lessons Learned, the one where they were just having fun in New York City. And uh, they just had such big smiles, and they just had so much intent, and they were so into it. I knew they would be fine. And, you know, these fight coordinators, they're in the business of taking actors who don't do this stuff and make them look good. Mm -hmm. they, they just wanted it so bad. You knew that it was going to be fine. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the effect is really kind of jarring because it is so you know realistic and, and really uh in, intense how long how long was that shoot two days two very long days <laughs> and and where where did you where did you guys shoot that was that constructed in a in a in a warehouse no soundstage soundstage out here in la oh, nice um just normal normal stuff we built those sets on a soundstage and uh and uh, just shot and shot and shot. And uh, again, had a lot of fun doing that. Two cameras. Most of the gear in there was, let's uh, say most, a lot of the gear in there was my gear out of my basement. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and other friends in the bands and stuff. And was that, was that room modeled after anything? Mm, yeah, kind of. I mean, <clears throat> those guys had a rehearsal. They still have a rehearsal space over in... Um, I guess it's in, uh, I don't know, I forget what town it's, I guess it's in, uh, it's in South Brooklyn, but uh, they had sent me some pictures of their rehearsal space, which was, of course, much smaller than that one, but, but uh, you know, the idea was to try to get something that looked like it would fit into their world, fit into South Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. and, and you mentioned that, uh, you know, that you didn't know them 
you know, prior to working with them and that you kind of watch their music videos uh, to kind of get a feel for what they're like. Um, and, you know, I find that their their personalities really kind of come across in the music videos. How, how were you able to kind of, after viewing, you know, without really knowing them, just kind of seeing what they're like, how were you able to kind of capture their personalities in those music videos the way you did? That's really the job of the director. <clears throat> I mean, that's really, you know, you were saying earlier about how younger, uh, I said younger, but, you know, modern day directors tend to know their artists uh, ahead of time. And that's, that's a great thing because that is the job. I mean, you know, if you're a, a notable musician doing music, I mean, there's something about you. There's going to be some charisma. And the trick is, is to get that charisma on film, you know, to cut through the nervousness and the tension of being filmed and, and get that on there. And those guys are pros. I mean, if you ever get to see them live, they put on a fabulous show. They really do a great job. So the how-to doing it was just make them have fun, make it silly, and uh, and try to cut to that, you know, try to get into that with them. Now, you know, speaking of logistics a little bit, uh, you know, the block after block music video what were the logistics like with that? Because it, you know, for those who haven't seen it, they, they appear to be, you know, going in the kind of in the middle of a, a street intersection in either, you know, Brooklyn or, or I think it's Manhattan um, and sitting down to play and going to these different places and everything is, is very spontaneous and, and sort of seemingly chaotic. Was that, was that something where you needed to get permits or was that something where you guys kind of went out and did it guerrilla style? That video was done completely guerrilla style. It was there. Was, there wasn't a single permit in it. Wow. I mean, the whole idea of that video was to capture. It was a sink or swim video. I mean, I'm a I'm a New Yorker. I'm born and raised, and uh, you know, there's this great thing about New Yorkers that's true of no other people. And uh, I think is is that great moment when when something's happening in the middle of the street that totally interrupts your day but this willingness <laughs> to enjoy it for a minute, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just say, screw it, this is great, this is... And that's what that song was, you know, that was the idea behind that video. Uh, the great story about that video was in the first setup on it. We set up, uh, I think it was on Baxter Street in Chinatown, which I picked that location because I knew it so well because I used to go there with my grandfather as a kid and all the time. And, uh, uh you know, we went and set up and we had no permits and we were concerned about it because it's right around the corner from the police station. So Matt and Kim were so nervous and Kim was so nervous to do it. She thought she was going to get arrested for sure. And uh, they went, <laughs> she really was so nervous. It was great. And uh, they went and set up and they were, uh, they were doing it and all, and all their friends and the people who, who signed up on Twitter and stuff to come help us. Uh, they were doing their thing and the, cop comes up to me and uh, he says uh, she says I'm sorry she says uh, you're killing me here you're killing me you gotta stop this she knew I was the director probably because I was the oldest guy there <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I said to her it's a three minute song and they're a minute and a half into it you know <laughs> you could go either way with this because we're all going to be out of here in another minute Right, and she just she just rolled her eyes and walked away, and everybody had a great time. And that was the first setup of the morning at seven or eight or nine in the morning. I think it was probably around eight thirty, and uh, I knew we were going to have a great day at that point. I just knew it, and uh, we did. We had a, every everywhere we went, we had the same kind of reaction where we did stuff we weren't supposed to do, and people rolled their eyes, but then had a great time. And so that's what it was. It was just like 
get through it one time in a setup and get out of there very much as it seems in the video? Or did you do it a few times in some of the places where you weren't harassed by police officers? Uh, I think with the exception of two locations, it was one time through and get out of there before the police uh, start bringing us in. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and were, were they just singing it just from memory or you guys have like somebody doing playback at all? No, there was a guy who's in a great band called the Upper Class Men, uh, who's also on Fader, which is that record label. And uh, he carried around a, a big TV gate boombox. And uh, he kind of worked it into his wardrobe. He did this like great zoot suit thing and carried it around like a boombox. But uh, that boombox served as playback. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So, you know, in terms, in terms of, you know, you mentioned the job of the director is to get that performance out of, you know, the the artists. Uh, I mean, are all, all the music videos that you sort of count as your favorites one where the where it is an artist featured video where they really make that make that connection? Totally. And it, it, the best videos are always that that you can connect with the artist. And I mean, as a director, how do you I mean, with with Matt and Kim um, you know, you you know sort of their potential. You've see, you've seen their work. How do you, as a director, uh, make sure you create that environment where they can feel comfortable and and give that performance that you, that you can get that on film? Yeah, uh, you just try to be genuine and try to be uh, be present and nice and, uh, and 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 make a good, fun, light atmosphere. I mean, that's really all you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, if these artists are, are, are as good as they are, I mean, if they, they made it to the point where you're making videos for them, you know, they, they're okay. They know what they're doing. You know, they know how to, to put on a smile and, and, and sing a song, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, obviously, aside from music videos, you know, you do, you do commercials, you do a lot of um, other work. Uh, how do what where, where do music videos rank in terms of uh, how much how much fun you are or or how you like the medium? If I could do music videos all day, uh, I would. I, I started in music, uh, you know, playing guitar in in New York City and uh, and still and <clears throat> actively every day looking for uh, a song and an artist to make a video for. I mean, if I could do just that, I would but it's pretty hard to do that with the amount of uh, well-budgeted videos that are commissioned these days. So, I mean, in terms of how you rank them for fun, I'd put them at the very top of the list. And, and you know, you've seen, I mean, you know, you've worked on really high-budget music music videos, you know, in the 90s, and you're still working in music videos now. I mean, what's the biggest shift you've seen in terms of either production or, or, or even, you know, in general about music videos? Well, I mean, music videos now are completely different than they were when MTV was broadcasting them, and they were a viable marketing uh, thing for record labels. I mean, they are viable now, but not like they were. And uh, so the biggest shift, and it's unfortunate, is just singularly the budget. That's the negative side. But the positive side is music videos become, I think they become much more personal now to the artist. Mm-hmm. They've been less about what they need to do to connect with the vibe of the moment uh, or connect with the style of the moment and more about just them personally because it's just been put... When the, when the budgets shrink, the only thing you have left to fall back on is character. 
and that's coming through in modern day videos, which I like a lot. And you mentioned that you you know you had a, f- a few favorite directors. Could you name some of those for us? My favorite directors. Yeah, aside from Marcus uh, Nispel, is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the directors who really influenced me were the original early um, <clears throat> propaganda guys. Uh, you know, I guess you hear their names over and over, but Mark Romanek for me was a hero. He still is. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, one of the other great video directors who I love, who I got to work with quite a bit, is a guy named Nick Brandt, who is uh, probably most famous for the Michael Jackson work he did, that I did with him. But... Uh, uh, his best work was for the early Moby videos. Um, and uh, uh, current day, current day music video directors, I, I, I don't I don't know them well enough to really say who I like and who I don't like. I mean, I, I see some videos I like here and there, uh, but uh, I can't help loving the, the guys from way back in the day, like, you know, Nick Egan and, you know, all that work and for you where I mean, what is that how is that period defined in terms of either either years or is it mainly sort of late 80s up to around 2000 or how do you define that area I think it went a little further than 2000 but not much mm-hmm. um, not much I mean it really I think you can track it directly to when MTV started stop playing videos as their main content I think that that was pretty much how it worked out you know mm-hmm. when the record labels all laid off their 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 their, their real heavy lifting A and R departments, mm-hmm. but uh, but you know I, 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 there are great 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 videos being made nowadays and uh, uh, Ackerland is another guy I love I love his work right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't, he he just did a, a Rihanna video I think that was just brilliant. And wh- where do you huh? where do you find uh, I mean watch music videos now? Uh, now, obviously, now that Moon TV hasn't played them for very many years, I watch them on uh, I watch them on Filmed Insert, of course. <laughs> there we go. That's uh, we'll be replaying that a lot. That's a great plug. Um, yeah, I, I mean, do they come to you through uh, through Twitter, or are people kind of passing them around, or you just you do you see news stories about them? I look I look for them all the time. I mean, yeah. I'm always looking for videos. I mean, uh, there's so many places to, to see them. That's just the thing. You know, you just have to look. You just, and I, you know, you track the band you like, and you track the record label if you like. It's probably the same way you guys do. And you know, you've got the two Matt and Kim videos that you've directed. Are you? Do you have anything else on the horizon in terms of directing uh, for music videos? Uh, yeah, I can, I can never talk about things on the horizon because that'll <laughs> jinx them and they won't happen. <laughs> True. Yeah. But. Uh, but uh, yes, the answer is yes. There's a few videos in development. For me, I, I don't. I like doing videos when, you know, all the uh, all the different uh, confluences come together to, to make uh, what I think will be something really fun to watch. And and uh, I don't care whether I'm directing them or editing. Actually, I, mean, I, I edited a couple of videos for Gil Green last year mm-hmm. that were great. And uh, I'm probably going to edit a video. For uh, for the Fader label in a, in a few months too as an editor, but uh, you know you just look for the things that that equal up a good video and you know enough character in the band, a, a good song, and uh, enough money to make it happen. Mm-hmm. 
this whole podcast has been got me thinking about the 90s and my favorite you know the, the image that i remember the most from the puff daddy victory video is buster rhymes in some sort of bird costume on the side of a vil- building doing his little kind of a chorus rap i guess you'd kind of call it yeah um and it just made me remember how cool remember when buster rhymes was cool remember remember that I mean, I'm, I still think that he's probably like a cool guy if you met him, but he's not like cool, meaning like he's not as relevant as he was then, where right. his him just like being in a song would make it a good song. I think he's a, he's a little beyond that, unfortunately. Hmm. He kind of looks like Tracy Morgan now. You ever notice that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, this, is, this is getting sad for me. Hmm. God, dream, shattered dreams of the 90s. The dream of the 90s is alive it's, and important. Oh, man, you fucking beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, P.O. Dubs, you up, you up, you up. And if you're just joining the podcast because of our hundreds of new listeners every week, this is where Doug and Adam pick their favorite music videos of the week. That is what this is. So um, when we first started Filmed Insert a while ago, I added a bunch of videos to the site, just as tests, and this is one of the first videos I added. Um, and this is for 303 My First Kiss. Now, when this song came out on the radio, I was a little taken aback because it's sort of a, I don't know, kind of a campy song. I don't want to call it a, a bad song, but it, it's it, it's just different. It's kind of got like kind of a weird um you know there's kissing noises in it let's just say that and it's featuring kesha uh which is a big part of that so i was a little skeptical about what the video was going to be like and um i played it and i really really liked it a lot um for several reasons uh number one is uh casting the kind of the the theme of the video is it's a performance video and the two guys from 303 um sean foreman and nathaniel mott are not playing any instruments or anything like that, but they're in tart in front of this um, finger symbol, which I take to be a symbol of the band, um, at least as what my research has showed. And uh, and then we've got Kesha in there a little bit, although she's not really featured that much. And basically, it's a green screen video. They're not doing anything but being in front of green screens and they're putting them in front of colors and things like that. So the whole video really rests on the performance of not only them but these other people who. They have got to, uh, they've brought in to kiss. Uh, it's sort of like a, if you've ever been to a hockey game or other sporting event, it's sort of like a music video version of the kiss cam a little bit. Because um, they've got, you know, young couples and then they've got like old couple and stuff like that. It's kind of a goofy video and then again it's kind of a goofy song. But the thing that really drew me in is that the um, Sean Foreman and Nathaniel Mott, the two guys from 303, are really... Um, great performers they have a really great stage presence and uh the director of this video uh, isaac ravishankara uh, and i hope i'm pronouncing that right has a really good eye for just letting them kind of do what they do and one of the things they really do well is play to the camera and he puts the camera on a dolly and just kind of moves it back and forth and lets them go um go with it and the ending result is um, a, a music video that i think is actually better than the song uh in terms of uh, selling the band and selling uh, Kesha, so and it apparently didn't work because I haven't heard from 303 in a while. Uh, although they did have these that's, these two, that's, what's that's that? Wrong. They uh, they did um, 
uh, Mike Diva just directed a video for 303 with a robot last year, and mm-hmm. then also um, Oh My Oh My God Everywhere. That's right. Did, did I'm talking the, about the radio. Shut up. I, yeah, I cut that part out. So that's my pick of the week, Doug. Uh, Doug, you got one? I do have one, and mine is, you might get upset, because um, it A, is a band that I just picked, I think, probably last week, and B, is a director that I, I think I picked the week before, but uh, um, Adam will know this for sure. Uh, I posted this music video on my girlfriend's Facebook wall three times this week. Um, and so it would only be appropriate that I picked this video as my pick of the week. Uh, the band is Real Estate, as you will remember from last week. Mm-hmm. And the song is the It's Real. And it's directed by Weird Days, um, who the last Weird Days video was the crazy, uh, das racist, green screen style, um, nutty video, um, with a lot Michael of elements Jackson. going on, yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas the whereas the real estate, it's real video. On the other hand, uh, kind of centers around um, one main theme or interaction. And um, what that is is I, I, I'm I'm, pre- I'm I'm not too familiar with re- uh, the band Real Estate, although I've picked them as picks of the week twice in a week, and I really like their new album. I don't know their ba- the band very well. I've not done much research for this pick, but I believe that this is Real Estate in the video. And basically, what they're just like hanging out in a house, and a dog comes to the door. They let him in, and a recognizable dog, like it's theirs. And uh, they proceed to pull up a projector and just like go through like essentially old home movies of their life with this dog. And um, like a lot of it is really funny, but and it's like it's like incredibly charming video. And like the band uh, really plays it well in the video and um the the dogs are are treated very much as like humans almost in the video they uh you know become elements of the uh performance and they uh so yes it clearly is the band as i look back again look back to the end of the video and see the members performing the end but anyway treat the dog as treat the dogs as people and which is awesome too for people to watch dogs as people because who doesn't love that um really fun video to watch uh and to send your girlfriend several times on facebook so check why it out why why so many times on facebook well okay so i sent it to her the first time and then i had forgot Mm. that i sent it to her and so i sent it to her the second time and then like she called me out on it i was like check this video out it's so awesome because it is and um She's like, I know you sent it to me down there. And I'm like, oh, wait, I sent you the wrong link. Like, I acted like I made a mistake. And then, um, and then I just to be an asshole posted it on her wall again. That, like, to the third time was just to, to be overkill, to try to turn the joke into something else. Like, oh, I'm just doing this on purpose. I'm going crazy. Posted filmed insert links. That was, which you was all, meta. Which you all, which you all should do. Right. Going forward, if you ever post a music video link, make it a filmed insert link because then people will know who made it too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We need to give credit where credit is due. Mm. That should be our um our mod our like site motto. When you search for 
filmed in shirt, it should say, give credit where credit is due, and it should have pictures of us all over the place. Like, um, Right, right, right. Right. It should say, uh, give credit where credit is due. Adam Doug, Adam Doug, Adam Doug, Adam Doug, Adam Doug. <laughs> My dog is named Oliver, everybody. Oliver Fairhome, everyone. He's sleeping just right around the corner from me, or right, right in my office right now on his bed. So that is it for the Filmed Insert podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, why not go rate it on iTunes? Send us a review, or you know, rate a review on iTunes. Tell us that it sucked, that it was good, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, we are we're thick skinned. We can take it all. Or uh, hit us up on the Twitter tweets machine at uh, at filmed insert all lowercase. Thank you, and no dashes. Um, so uh, we don't need no stinking dashes. That should be our web, that dash. should be our website motto.